Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Abner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online, AG1, Aura, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, Chargers got back in the win column, mm-hmm. made it to one and two. Time to look forward, and there's always something that brings out the extra juice in the Chargers fan base when it's Raiders week. But make no mistake about it, as we're going to go through this game preview, this is probably, spoiler alert, this is probably going to end the same way that <laughs> most Chargers game end with a, with a heart attack at the end and the blood pressure going up and down to the wire last minute. There's a lot to talk about with this game because... There's some key injuries that are question marks as we lead into Sunday. Definitely a lot of X's and O's, how the Chargers are going to build upon their great offensive performance that they had in the game in Minnesota. How is their defense going to improve? We're going to break it all down. First off, before we get into everything, Dan Wolgenstein, I know you were hyped, obviously, about Raiders week and getting the Chargers back to hopefully 2-2, two and two. but how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. It is Raiders week. We all know this is a vibe. This is a vibe for Chargers fans. People get pumped for this. So far, it's going to be electric, and for good reason. Can the Chargers gain and add momentum in the positive column? That's what's at stake here. Can they get to 2-2? Two and two? Can they get to the bye, get the horses back? Maybe Jalen Guyton gets back. Austin Eckler could come back. Who knows? They have to get this win versus the Raiders. I'm going to talk about it today. Offense versus defense on both sides. Matchups, key predictions storylines as well as bold predictions before we get to the final prediction of who wins and loses who I think Jake and I both are kind of now like so over it (laughs) because it just doesn't matter it's going to end up being a last second something that makes or break this game but Jake I'll leave it to you Raiders offense versus Chargers defense or the alternative and then we can kind of get into the the keys on both sides as we go Dan, let's start off on the defensive side of the ball because this has become a trend over the first three weeks of Chargers defense and explosive plays allowed. 29 mm. through the first three weeks. That's a stat that you hate to see. It's it's on pace for the Chargers to have more explosive plays uh, you know, yielded than they did last year as a defense. And that's definitely not a stat that you like to see in relation to this Chargers defense, especially with some of the new faces and guys that uh, are back healthy at this point of the year. But there, there has to be somewhere where you build an improvement. Now, you've been yielding less points per week from, from week one. You go from, what was it, 36 to the Dolphins to, what, 28 to, or 27 to the Titans. Excuse me. What, remind me what, how much the Titans score. I don't even know at this point. It's a lot of points. But it's a lot of points. It's, so it's progressively, points. the points per game has been going down. Uh, but the big play has continued for this Chargers team, even against one of the more inept offenses in the league in the Tennessee Titans. The Chargers allowed a few big plays to, which you just can't have. So that to me, Dan, is going to be the story of what needs to take place. And now you go up against what we believe at this point in time and from the week and the comments that we've heard from Josh McDaniels is that they expect Jimmy Garoppolo to play in this game, who currently leads the league with six interceptions. Uh, Devontae Adams is still doing Devontae Adams things, regardless of the fact that the Raiders are only averaging 15 points per game this upcoming season. Jacoby Myers has actually proven through the first three weeks that he could be a compliment number two 
in terms of his production. And this is probably going to be the stat then that I will call out where I've said it uh, after the Minnesota game. Pick the weakest spot on the opposing offense or defense's team, and that will end up being the focal point of how they will attack the Chargers in some form or fashion. So Josh Jacobs, as, as far as the running game for the Raiders is concerned, it's, it's not good. And much like it was for Minnesota last week when they did not have a 10-yard rush through the first two weeks, they had, pl- they had plenty against the Chargers. They figured out a way to get that going. So I would actually expect that Josh Jacobs is going to become a focal point in this game simply because the stats lean that way. <laughs> That's what the history is, is telling us thus far over the first three weeks. But this would be an interesting matchup because there's, there's plenty to go through as it relates to the wide receiver group going up against the secondary. The Chargers are going to have to win in the trenches again. I believe that they have proven over these first couple of weeks that they can get pressure to the quarterback. So you're going to have to heavily rely on that. There may be a couple of key returns this week on the defensive side of the ball. And other ones that we're waiting for some injury status update, and obviously we'll get that closer to the game. But as of right now, it's still up in the air. So, Dan, if you had to pinpoint one of those that just immediately jump out, I'm sure you would say Devontae Adams. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Devontae Adams scares the bleep out of me. And quite frankly, similar to what we saw with Justin Jefferson or Tyreek Hill, like they're not going to stop those guys. Like, there's a reason why those guys get paid. Hold them up to under 110. 110 yards a touchdown. Like, I'm good with that, honestly. The guy had, like, 20 targets last week. Like, he's going to get his. You're right, though. As soon as I saw the Josh Jacobs stuff, I'm like, okay, Josh Jacobs, 36 yards per game rushing, 2.4 yards attempt, dead last. Yeah, that looks like a stat that the charts can help. That's right. Yes. Equal opportunity provider. Uh, 100%. And getting to kind of the the matchup of offense versus defense, Raiders offense, Chargers defense. (laughs) Chargers defense, 28th in scoring allowed, 29 points per game. 31st in yards allowed, 451 yards. 28th in points allowed, 29 points per game. 15th in rushing yards, (laughs) which we'll take that. 25th in yak. Shout out to Tyreek and shout out to Jalen Waddle and shout out to Justin Jefferson for that one. But Jake, they are 11th in sacks, which is a good thing. And that's with Khalil Mack having zero. So there are areas that the charges can improve upon, obviously, but some are already good. Now looking at the Raiders, okay? The Raiders live and die <laughs> so far by Devontae Adams. You kind of mentioned it. Jake, he has 18 of the team's 33 total third-down conversions on the year. He's got over half. I think it's 54% of the team's total third-down conversions have gone through Devontae Adams. 107 yards per game, three touchdowns. The kid's been nails. He's been very critical of the team and the culture, not being able to kind of put it together and not showing winning culture. But their passing offense is 14th in the NFL. You mentioned Jimmy G, six picks middle of the road and third down conversions to my, in my opinion, if they can keep Josh Jacobs to Derrick Henry numbers, I'm fine with that 80 yards. Although it still doubles. What he's done this the year. 
80 yards with Josh Jacobs, 100 yards for Devontae Adams, it's a win. What they cannot do, what they cannot do, two things. Number one, listen up, people. <laughs> and I'm talking to you, Los Angeles Chargers. Please, for the love of all things holy, can you stop committing third down penalties that give opposing offenses more chances? They have done that so many times. I believe they are averaging four per game. That's 12 total. Four third down penalties per game that have resulted in automatic first downs for their opponents. That's correct. If the Chargers got that, they'd be scoring 40 bucks a clip. Like, that is unheard of. And unfortunately for the Chargers defense, you know, they're getting all kinds of flack because of how bad the defense has looked and people are talking all kinds of stuff about it. If that stat just went down 25%, this movie looks very different. Please stop doing that. Please. And number two, please stop giving up more than one fluke play per game. I understand it's football and they get paid too. And at some point, you know, someone's going to get free, but you can't do it happen more than once. You can't. You look at that Titans game. It happened twice. One for a 70 yard bomb to Traylon Burks. The other one was like 50 plus. Then you look at that Justin Jefferson, Minnesota game. Osborne got one and Justin Jefferson got one. One. Just do one. Like, and that's not, I don't think that's asking too much. I'm not asking for a perfect here. Just give me one. If they can keep things in front of them, make Jimmy G and that offense have to go 10 plus plays per drive, I'll bank on them making a mistake. That's what this defense does. You look back at the Minnesota game. You bank on them making mistakes, and they did. Jimmy G is going to give it to you if you let him. Six picks in two games. So make them drive down the field. Give your defense more opportunities to capitalize. But if you give up 70 yards on a play and a touchdown, recipe for disaster. Yeah, let's not forget, since Devontae Adams has been with this team, you go back to the two matchups that the Chargers and Raiders played against one another last year. Remember the Chargers had the Raiders in the first week of the season last year. Derek Carr did not have himself a good game, but Devontae Adams still found his way to 10 catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. The second game that they played later in December, Derek Carr was a little bit better. Devontae Adams had eight catches for 177 and two touchdowns. And then Josh Jacobs, who wasn't a big factor the first week, was definitely a big factor the next time around. 26 carries, 144 yards, mm-hmm. and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So those Jacobs, Adams, they're going to be key cogs to this offensive plan. I know Josh McDaniels is going to want to try to replicate those type of stats for his team and get them back in the win column. Jimmy Garoppolo, you've get pressure on him. It has been proven that he will make mistakes. And as Dan just said, six turnovers in the first three weeks of the season leads quarterbacks right now. And obviously coming off of a concussion, but they still expect him to play this Sunday. You have to find a way to, in my opinion, the easiest way to get out of this and try to take the the Raiders run game out of this is you have to gain some semblance of a good lead on this team. 
And one thing that the Chargers are proving this year offensively that they can do as opposed to last year is that their red zone scoring offense is considerably better (laughs) than what it was last year. They are not stalling nearly as much as they were last year in the red zone. So hopefully that could be something in terms of the final score aspect that's going to make a difference here. But yeah, Dan, a defensive standpoint from a secondary, it's there's a bunch of question marks back there right now in terms of who's going to be covering who you really just don't know. They're, the Chargers are just going to have to win this game. It's going to start up in the trenches again, in my opinion. They're going to have to figure out the way to do that in the trenches, limit the run game, get to the quarterback. That's going to affect a lot of different things. Yeah, and the in the trenches, the Chargers have actually done pretty good on defense. Like you look at the havoc that they've put up. Morgan Fox, Tulu Tupelo two have been, have looked very good. Joey Bosa's looked pretty darn good so far. Uh, more, I think if you think about it, like Sebastian Joseph Day for his role, he's actually done pretty good this year. Khalil Mack setting the edge hasn't really rushed the passer as much as or hasn't gotten home to the passer as much. Their defensive line so far has been good. You're right. It, I think it's going to come to an inflection point of. Can Kenneth Murray stay in the zone? Will Eric Kendricks play? We're not sure. He's practiced this week. But can he stay in the zone? Personally, I'd like to see him keep the green dot. I think that helps him with focus and not kind of get hyped up and all that kind of stuff. Just have to focus. It'd be interesting to see how Brandon Staley plays that if Eric Kendricks comes back this Sunday. Yep. And then the secondary, I, I, I want to see consistency. Mike Davis talked about rhythm that they have to keep. Aside from a couple busted plays last week, like the Chargers defense actually looked pretty good. Same with the Titans game. Looked pretty good. Stay there. Let Davis and Asante stay outside. Jazeer Taylor stay inside. Derwin can kind of roam around, but maybe Derwin just stays back. Let him just, like, not go crazy. We've seen him make some penalties, and justified or not, I'd like to see Derwin James just be effective. Like, I don't need high ceiling. I just want, like, consistency from him. Elohi Gilman has been balling. Elohi Gilman honestly has been the MVP of the secondary, and I don't think it's close. Just for context, until we hear otherwise, both Elohi Gilman and Derwin James did not practice yesterday. And as Daniel Popper just alluded to a few moments ago, they both did not practice today either. Derwin James nursing a hamstring injury and for Alohi, what was it? The was was it a calf injury for him? I think I heard Brandon Staley say it was just like bumps and bruises, like it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. So but- we'll see if this is just a process in terms of because Derwin James doesn't necessarily need practice, but there still is a chance that he may not be out there on Sunday and you never like to see something like that. And then from Alohi Gilman there's no indication that he wouldn't be playing this Sunday based off of Brandon Staley's remarks there, but still you're down your two safeties potentially. Oh, and the guys behind them, Dean Marlowe, JT Woods, JT Woods. (laughs) Oh man. Raheem Lane. Yes. (laughs) Now, honestly, Dean Marlowe, I'm actually like kind of okay with (laughs) the other two. Give me heart palpitations. Yes. Let's flip it, Jake. Chargers offense, Raiders defense. I think it's pretty simple, in my opinion. Keep Justin Herbert clean mm-hmm. and put five guys on Max Crosby. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so simple, isn't it? So yeah, simple. It. Isn't like it? I did. Yeah. It's, uh, 
first of all, it'll be interesting to see if Austin Eckler ends up making his return this week. There was a lot of talk about him just waiting this week out, take the extra week from the buy standpoint to get himself back to 100%. But he's been out on the field yesterday and today, full pads, practicing, going through drills. So we'll see what happens in that circumstance. From a pass protection standpoint, the Chargers have missed him very much in that regard. I think the Chargers also need to get their run game back on track. And whether that's with Austin Eckler or not, they need to get in a better position from that standpoint. But as Dan said, keeping Justin Herbert upright is number one key. And Max Crosby is probably going to be lined up across from Trey Pipkins for the majority of this game. Tyree Wilson for the Raiders has yet to actually yield a pass rush win weight. He still sit, currently sits at zero. So it'll be interesting to see how the Raiders are going to try to disguise coverages, anything that they may take from the Minnesota game in terms of how much they need to blitz Justin Herbert and how much that's going to work. I put out a tweet earlier this week, Dan. The offensive line of this Chargers team has been off to a great start. And when you have retooled with, obviously, the return of Rashawn Slater and, and him getting back to his usual Pro Bowl form, Zion Johnson stepping in the left guard spot, who had his best game of the season this last week in, in Minnesota, and Jamari Sawyer as well also had his best game that he had turned in against Minnesota. And you couple that with Corey Lindsley and the continuing improvement of Trey Pipkins, and you've got something. There was projections earlier this year that the Chargers had what it took to be a top 10 offensive line in this, in this league. So far, they have started out that way. Obviously, they're not perfect, but and there's still room for improvement, but they have started out as such. They were a huge reason why Justin Herbert was able to do what he did in the Minnesota Vikings game last week. You have to have another performance of that. Now, big question. Offensively from the Chargers, there is not going to be one person that is going to be able to replace what Mike Williams does in this offense because it really does affect a lot of different things. You'll probably see a lot more double teams for Keenan Allen as he'll be the focal point of Nate Hobbs and probably other several defenders on the Raiders side of the team. But you're going to have to fill that void with Joshua Palmer, with Quentin Johnson, who we all expect to have a much bigger role in his ascension into the NFL, get accelerated here very quickly. With Darius Davis, with Gerald Everett, there is not one person that is going to be able to fill this void. So collectively as a group, I'm actually very excited to see what Kellen Moore is going to be able to scheme up for this. Because I've always said with the, as Dan says, the embarrassment of riches that the Chargers have, use them. <laughs> Obviously, Keenan Allen, I have nothing to say against his performance last week. He is just literally being a monster out there. And when you have Mike Williams being the weapon that he was, if as long as it's still there, keep going. But if you need to get into a situation where you need to rely on other players to get that extra first down, to keep a drive going, spread the ball. Spread the ball. Good quarterbacks and good offenses are able to use a full complement of their weapons. I would love to see Kellen Moore get into his bag and bring some diversity in terms of the ball distribution from Justin Herbert. It takes trust, number one. Obviously, the most trusted wide receiver to Justin Herbert right now is going to be Keenan Allen. There's no doubt about that. But if he could place a little bit more trust in some other guys on this team, this offense can still go. Yes. I'm going to start with the Raiders side first. Uh, you mentioned Tyree Wilson. Jake, he is not doing great so far. Uh, lowest pass rush win rate of any rookie who's played 25 passing rush snaps. Zero. 
percent pass rush win rate for a one Tyree Wilson. And you look at kind of the Raiders defensive line, Max Crosby, we know we talked about very scared of him. After tied, that, for, tied for first in pressures with 19. Then talk about precipitous drop off. Jerry Tillery, Isaac Rochelle and Malcolm Kuntz on the edge. You got Bilal Nichols. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'll take that. Divine Diablo, Luke Masterson. Okay. Corners. Honestly, they got better. Corners, they got Nate Hobbs, and they picked up Marcus Peters. I'm curious how they target Amik Robertson this year, uh, this game, except. And then also Trayvon Murray. Oh, and also Roderick Teamer. I forgot. It's like the, the Chargers of Las Vegas. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, I'm not trying to be a jerk to this team, but like, that's not. Ugh. that's not it. So when you look at the Chargers, we we know the Chargers, guys. The Raiders, Jake, 30th in completion percentage, allowing over 75% completion to opposing quarterbacks. 24th in points allowed. 25.7 points per game. 21st in rushing yards allowed. Second fewest pressures in the NFL is this Las Vegas Raiders team. The only reason why it's not the by far the fewest is because of Max Crosby. They blitz 27% of the time. It's by context, Jake. 27%. That's 16th in the NFL. <laughs> Last week's blitz percentage by the Minnesota Vikings was insane. But on the season, Minnesota blitzes 63% of the time <laughs> compared to 27.4. So a little bit different story. But look, 15th in passing yards, 18th in yards allowed, like I 18th in total yards, 15th in passing. Everything's average or worse, honestly. Flip to the Chargers, ready? Here's some fun stuff. Sixth in scoring, 28.7 points per game. Second in yards per game, third in passing, second most touchdowns via passing. Seventh in red zone touchdown percentage, Jake. That was Dude. a big thing that needed to get fixed from a year ago, 13th in rushing, but eighth most penalties. Now, we talked about Mike Williams. Obviously, Quentin Johnson, Josh Palmer are going to have to set up. We'll see what Darius Davis is able to bring. We don't know about Austin Eckler if he's coming. He is practicing out there and stretching, so it looks promising. I don't know if I would put him out there this week, knowing that the bye week's right afterwards. The Raiders can be run on. And I think I think Joshua Kelly can do it with Isaiah Spiller. Like I don't see that being an issue. The offense will cook. I have zero question the offense will cook. Like this this side of the ball with Kellen Moore, I I am so chilling on that side. It's the other side that we talked about previously that will always worry me until we see some level of consistency from that defense. The Chargers offense, he said embarrassment of Richards. Like, pick your poison. The Chargers can go so many different directions. They can go underneath. Gerald Everett, Josh Palmer, Keenan Allen, all day long. They can go deep. Quentin Johnston, Darius Davis. They can run it. Justin Herbert can run it. Like, their offensive line is built for this type of game. They really are. 
Trey Pipkins versus Max Crosby. That's probably the biggest single matchup in the trenches. And then outside, it's going to be either Nate Hobbs or Marcus Peters on Keenan Allen. Advantage Keenan Allen. And then the next one, wide receiver two, is probably going to be, I don't know, equal. But I'll take it. I'm, I, this is not the side that I'm worried about as much. Uh, Jake, it's time. <sighs> Are you ready? No. No. I think we could do it, though. Let's get through this. We can do Jeez. it together. Okay, Jake, here we go. One bold prediction, and then your final prediction. Bold prediction. Chargers. <laughs> Charger, uh, Chargers yield only one explosive play in this game. <laughs> it's sad to say that that is a bold prediction, but give me give me the over under at one and a half. Yeah, give me give me one. Give me okay. one. <laughs> okay, prediction time. If there's one thing that we have learned about this Chargers team thus far is that there is probably no hope of there being a calm Sunday morning, afternoon, evening when the Chargers are playing whatever opponent. It is shown over the first three weeks that it's coming down to literally the last series, last seconds of the game, in order to see who walks out of there with the W. And as the Chargers displayed in week two, they are definitely not averse or excuse me, they are definitely not. What's the proper word I'm looking for here? They are definitely not incapable of making mediocrity look really, really good out there in the field. This is an ultra important game on paper. There's a lot of different ways that you should say, okay, the Chargers should win this game based on how the Raiders have looked, but you cannot take anything for granted. And especially as Dan and I have been watching games, this fan base has been watching games, we know what the Chargers can allow, have been shown that they can do in a negative way. Mm. But I have said for years that we've been doing this show, winning divisional games is the first step towards making the playoffs. And this is a game that going into a bye week that you cannot afford to stumble on. You stumbled week two in a Titans game that you should have had no business losing that game. You cannot allow that to happen this week when after your bye, you have the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs on the docket. Cannot afford it. So by that sentiment, kind of like how I said it was like a do or die last week for them. They ended up coming through. The Chargers have to have this win. They really do. Win the games that you're supposed to win. You can't fall to can't afford to fall behind in these type of scenarios. So by that, I will say Chargers Chargers 28, Raiders 24. They will end up outscoring their annual average so far this year when they're currently sitting at 15 points per game. So they'll make it a little bit more entertaining. <laughs> but the Chargers will come out Raider week with a victory. All right. I'm going to go. I'll do my game prediction first. They got to get this win by any means necessary. I don't give a damn how they win. I don't care if lightning strikes and the lights go out and they just call it 
and the Chargers are up one. Don't care. <laughs> By any means necessary. I'm going to go same four-point victory that you had. I'm going to go 31-27. It's because that's what happens. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm not even going to try to think differently until they give me reason to think differently, if I'm just being honest. But 31-27. I think the offense is going to cook. I think, honestly, it's either going to be like 31-27 or it's going to be like 24-17. Like, do you think it's going to go one of two ways? Either it's going to be weird and bogged down, fluke stuff keeps the game close and low scoring, or going to be fireworks. But I'll go 31-27. I want to say 31-21. I want to say it. I just can't say it yet. I can't say it yet. Until proven otherwise, you should not be saying a 10-point margin. And bold prediction, Quentin Johnson is going to go deep for touchdown. Hey, that one's He's, fair. We've he had if you watch his film, just isolate him. He is there and Justin has just not thrown to him yet. Now that's not because he doesn't like him, but obviously with Keenan and Mike, like there's guys that you trust. It's not because Quentin Johnson has not been open. Because of what Quentin Johnson does. So, like, just don't be surprised when that happens. So, both of us have the charge to get the two and two into the bye by any means necessary. Again, I don't care how they win. Just get me to two and two, shift the narrative, and let's ride into the bye, get some guys back, and let's see if the chips fall. Jake, anything else you want to tell the great friends before we head out of here? <laughs> For the next episode, which is actually a special guest. You said it yourself, Dan. By any means necessary. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, for Jake Hafner, Dan Wolkenstein, Charges Unleashed. Let's get that W, Charges fans. We're all this together. Let's find a way by any means necessary. We'll talk to you next time on the next Charges Unleashed. Parentheses. Hopefully after two and two.